What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamoke Davis here with you. We're going to talk about the confusion of the National Football League right now. And, like, how we are all in unchartered territories when it comes to whatever's going to happen with the playoffs and seeding and who's going where and neutral sites. We'll talk about that. I'll expand a little bit more on my discussion about how the NBA, um, the scoring's up by the superstars and for teams as well. And something that I find really interesting uh, in a statistic about why that is the case and my feelings about why that is the case. We will also talk a little bit about... um, Baseball and the Dodgers' decision to cut Trevor Bauer from their team. Uh, And uh, we're going to start with football. Of course, I got my gut check picks. And no team is probably more inspired right now than the Buffalo Bills. With the wonderful news that DeMar Hamlin is awake and recovering. Um, That is the news. Everything with the NFL has stopped over the uh, last week after, after, man, was that Monday night, Sunday night? Wow, it seems like so long ago. Um, I, too, in full disclosure, I've been struggling. I tested positive for COVID, so I've been under the weather and... Um, That's why you're getting the Saturday pod. Although I've been thinking about switching to a weekend pod anyway. But um, yeah, I just was not feeling great. And for anyone who knew that beforehand, I'm feeling better. Not, you know, uh, enough that I can do this pod. And with my family gone, I can kind of walk around the house for a little bit. Gave you a little too much information there probably. But anyway, bottom line is... The Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, former University of Pittsburgh safety as well, um, who suffered a cardiac arrest during Monday's game against the Bengals, had his breathing tube removed. He's continuing to progress, and even so much so that uh, he was able to talk to his family, the the Buffalo Bills medical staff, and he even FaceTimed with the Buffalo Bills, his teammates in the locker room. And, you know, wish them well in their game coming up. Um, He told them, quote, love you boys, which was tweeted out by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, And that's great news. That is wonderful news for him. Uh, The Bills said that uh, his neurologic function is intact. Uh, and he's been able to communicate with his family and, and continues to recover, and we wish him the best. Um, I think the amazing news is the fact that he was raising money back when he was at Pitt. He was finishing up at Pitt and wanted to do a toy drive for kids, and he's trying to raise, 20, trying to raise $2,500, and his page has raised over $7 million now. And that is quite amazing, a wonderful story for him. And, you know, outside of the fact that whether he is able to play football ever again, um, I am uh, happy to see that, you know, 
even as he lay in a hospital bed in, in Cincinnati, that, uh, you know, people were willing to give of their money, myself included, to uh, help a worthy cause. Um, the one thing that I hope comes from this, and it was shared with me on Twitter, and I retweeted it, um, and there was um, a discussion about DeMar, and it was a Cleveland sports show that uh, brought it up. And if you hear this uh, Garrett Bush, Cleveland sports, and to hear him talk about some of the things that we in some ways have been also bringing up as well is I hope the NFL does right by DeMar Hamlin and any in all past, current, and future athletes as it relates to their health care. Um, you know, there is a fight for pension. There's a fight for treatment of past and current players when they are, and really, you know, former players when they are done with the game. And we know that the career of an NFL player is the shortest of all of the major leagues, uh, baseball, hockey, basketball, football, your career is a lot shorter and you don't have guaranteed contracts. And I hope that DeMar Hamlin, if he does not get to play another down in the NFL, that he can in some way become a spokesperson for the National Football League. I'm, you know, I'm not going to, this isn't about, oh, you know, can he, you know, his ability, I'm not saying represent the league as like a um, spokesperson an official spokesperson per se, if he wants to pursue that, that would be great too. If the NFL PA or, you know, um, the league has him join on the league side to help them with this, wherever the case may be. I hope that DeMar can be a beacon of hope for players who are not able to get the treatment that they want, because then we're getting the lawyers involved in, the medical staff of the NFL saying, oh, well, we don't think your injuries um, are worthy of the NFL covering them, which in most cases probably seems ridiculous if it is a football-related injury. But I hope that DeMar can now bridge that gap and galvanize the league and the players association and whoever else, insurance companies involved, everyone to say, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's really think about what's important here. And in the end, it's the safety and health of the players, of the teams, the personnel. That's very important, as it is with most companies. But with the violent, brutal nature of the NFL, that there is something there's a different level of responsibility that I think the league has, the teams have, 
and the Players Association should come together after witnessing what happened to DeMar Hamlin on the field and say, okay, we got we got to do better. We must pay the medical bills of the players that have been injured, that have sustained injuries from the league, playing in the league, being a, a part of a brotherhood, the top one, yes, they might be the top 1% of the mo- the healthiest, most athletic, most athletic players in the world. And they need to be protected as well. They need to be protected as well. And I'm sure there are plenty, plenty of foulings by players out there that, you know, it's it's a dirty business. And maybe this can kind of shed some light on that. Because the most re- recent one that I remember is Wes Welker, who was denied the disability benefit after playing all of the years he did in the NFL. 18. And the league tried to say that his injuries were not sustained uh, from the NFL. He got a letter that said the Disability Claims Committee reviewed your application for a line of duty disability benefits and your entire file. The committee noted Dr. Hussein El-Kusi was unable to rate your various surgeries due to a lack of supportive documentation within your medical records. Specifically, there were no records reflecting that the surgeries were performed as a result of injuries sustained while playing in the NFL. That kind of tip for tap when you're thinking about insurance companies and claims and paying out all of that stuff. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah, it's legitimate, but we know it's kind of like it's a gray area that is where things fall and say, oh yeah, we're gonna deny your claim. And I just hope that from Demar Hamlin we can get to a point where. The NFL, the league, the teams, the players union can kind of reshape how that works, especially for some of the players who we don't hear about. The thousands of players that we don't hear about that are struggling now that they're no longer playing in the league and maybe they can't make a living. Maybe their injuries prevent them from being able to uh, do a job or maybe they didn't finish their degree. There's so many ways you can go with it. I just, in the end, I hope that we can get to a point where these players are protected a little bit more when their careers are over. I mean, I could go on and on about this, but in the words of uh, Spike Lee, do the right thing. That's all I hope. The NFL does the right thing. I'll get to my gut check picks in a little bit. Uh, we'll do that. A couple games on Saturday, a lot on Sunday. But I'm going to switch to the NBA. And, you know, as I, as I talked in the last Just for Sport about how scoring is up in the NBA, um, and not just as far as teams, 
but also players. I mean, heck, the Charlotte Hornets the other night. 51 points in the first quarter. Ties the NBA record. I mean, this is, this is crazy. Last year, there were 19 50-point games in the last season, 21-22. Already, there are 14, and we're not even halfway through the season. We've got Luka, Embiid, the Greek freak averaging over 30 points per game. Donovan Mitchell had the 71-point game. Oklahoma City, and this was against Boston, had a franchise record 150 points. And they didn't even have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. SGA wasn't even on the court. The numbers are staggering this season. 88 players have already had 40-plus point games this season. They will break the record of 142 back in the 1961 season, as has been reported. If you look it up, you can see it. But that also, Will Chamberlain had 34 of them. The question is, does that mean that when you think about the fact that that was 1961, are players back, were the players back then almost as talented that the scoring, you know, was 1961? It's a long time ago. And I know that there are people today that be like, oh no, the athletes are better today. They're more talented today. Yeah, but if you look at the number that I just, look it up yourself. I just told you. 142 games. There were players that scored over 40 points in one game. They had athletes back then. They had scores back then too. So I think of it also as a way to say, don't discredit the past. Don't discredit the past. Now this season, there have been six players with 55 plus points in a game, most in the season so far, or period, in NBA history, but definitely they've broken that record. Donovan Mitchell, 71. Luka, 60. Embiid 59, Booker 58, Giannis 55, and Anthony Davis 55. And Klay Thompson had a 54-point game, by the way, for anybody that wants to diss him and be like, oh, yo, he's not the same player anymore. Hmm. We'll see. Individual scoring is up. Games with 30-plus point scores, 530, most of all time. 40-point games, 90, most of all time. And obviously, 50-point games, there have been 14, third most of all time. There's a lot in the game right now. 
there's a lot of offense and I think that's a good thing I think that's a really good thing but I would also say as I thought was ironic as I was getting ready to do the pod today and I saw that uh, Isaiah Thomas put a tweet out about this too it also means that the defense is really bad The defense is really bad. And part of that, a majority of that, has to do with the rules. Not that the skill level is bad. The rules. You can't hand check anymore. I mean, you think about 1961 to score 40 points in a game? The way they were probably fouling? Or maybe they weren't. They didn't have a three-point line, by the way. Don't forget that about 1961. They didn't even have the three-point line, and they had 142 players scoring in games over 40 points a game, in a game. So, to me, the two biggest things are, one, the three-point line, and two, the fact that you can't play defense anymore. I mean, there's so many and ones where it's like, you could, come on. The defender either barely bumped or didn't bump. But because a player kind of moved a little bit extra to the left or right, ref was quick to throw that whistle. The game is called differently. Yeah, there's fast break points are up. The way that they are spacing the floor, which to me... I don't really like the the wording of spacing the floor. No, it's just a lot of one-on-one basketball. Clear it out and let me do my thing, dribbling and doing all of this stuff. And I was watching, uh, not watch, well, was watching videos too, but paying attention to this Twitter thread. I wish I could remember the name of it, but they were so annoyed with the number of walks, the traveling in the NBA and the carrying, the palming of the ball that's going on in the league today. I don't even know if refs are calling basic basketball rules anymore they aren't usage is up at an all-time high for stars they have the ball in their hand more than they did in the past which also unfortunately suggests in many ways that just is not good ball movement if usage is up for the star players because they have the ball in their hand a lot, that means we aren't, the ball isn't moving enough. Too much one-on-one. And I'm not, well, I am singing them out because I'm going to say his name, but it reminds me of like James Harden. Like I'm, I love his game. His talent is amazing. But like, I don't want to see 65% of the game. It's, I'm just watching James Harden dribble, 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 dribble. And either he does a step back three or maybe he drives and gets an AM one or maybe he dishes out. And you just got a bunch of spot up shooters. I don't want to see that. I like ball movement. I like when you think of how LeBron James and Jokic. I mean, Jokic is such an amazing passer. But realistically, it's just it's just the fact that it's just different now. 
And I think that scoring is up. Team scoring is up. As well. But a lot of that is because the scoring is up for the individual players too. I mean, it's... uh. It's eye-opening, and it's fun to watch. It can be fun to watch, but not really if we're only seeing blowouts. I want to see close games. I love a close game when it's two minutes left. Like, I was watching uh, last night the New Orleans Pelicans-Brooklyn Nets game. And it came down to the... You know, last couple minutes, Kyrie Irving hit a big three to go up six with like 45 seconds to go. And this was without Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans. So I thought, okay, maybe it's going to be a blowout, but they played well. Their young guys played well. I love a close game, if you will. It's a lot of fun. The NBA is a lot of fun. I I will admit that I'm enjoying it this season. I'll get into regular season MVP and rookie of the year and most improved player down the road. Same for future. Celtics are favored to win the NBA title. Brooklyn Nets right behind them. I think the Brooklyn Nets are a better team than the Boston Celtics as far as the superstars, but I think the bench is much better for Brooklyn. And so I'd take Brooklyn right now if you had to say who's going to win it. That's who I'd take. Clippers are moving up. Clippers are moving up. But before that, we got an all-star break. Well, another month before we get to the all-star break, but we're, you know, we're close to it. We're close to it. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Before I get to my gut check picks in the NFL, I just want to touch on one thing about uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I can only imagine how tough it is for them to make the decision that they did to cut ties with Trevor Bauer. But I get it. I do get it. And I think it was the right decision to make. One, they're, the Dodgers are spending ridiculous amount of money, one of the highest payrolls of any team. But... Winning and money is not everything. And Troy Bauer, who was suspended after allegations of sexual assault, the longest suspension I ever remember for that. Um, They did it a different way. It wasn't like they just totally cut ties. They designated him for assignment. And if nobody... uh, If they can find a trade before 2 p.m. on Thursday, then they're good. If not, um, then they'll put him on waivers. And he can maybe be a free agent. 
He's suspended 324 games. That was down to 194. And now he's been reinstated. And the, here was a Dodgers statement. Quote, the Dodgers organization believes that allegations of sexual assault or domestic abuse should be thoroughly investigated with due process given to the accused. From the beginning, we have fully cooperated with Major League Baseball's investigation and strictly followed the process stipulated under MLB's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. Two extensive reviews of all the available evidence in the case, one by MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred and another by a neutral arbiter, concluded that Mr. Bauer's actions warranted the longest ever active player suspension in our sport for violations of this policy. Now that this process has been completed and after careful consideration, we have decided that he will no longer be a part of our organization. And I know nobody has baseball on their mind, although baseball is right around the corner. Spring training is a month away. The reason why I bring it up is because, especially after last weekend with the Washington football team, the commanders playing the Cleveland Browns, it just makes me wonder, one, how is, how, with the, I mean, think about it. Trevor Bauer was considered, the the allegations against him were sexual assault of one person. And you think of what Deshaun Watson did in Houston. Every time I think about him, I don't understand how he is playing football right now. How he got the biggest contract after the allegations in professional football. Guaranteed. A guaranteed contract. I am baffled as fans that we aren't more outraged. They just playing football as if what happened with all of these women is nothing. I just don't get it. And the punishment just didn't seem like it was enough. Especially because he's never really apologized for it. He's not atoned for his actions. At least certainly not the way that he should be. But I applaud the Dodgers for what they did. I really do. I really do. And for better or for worse, we just got to move on. Deshaun Watson's playing football. He's playing football. You can choose to boycott the league or the Browns, root against the Browns, which I already did anyway. Now it just gives me more reason to. But it's just not a good situation. It really isn't. All right, gut check pick in the NFL. We got two games on Saturday. 
a bunch of games on Sunday. And here are my gut check picks. I will take the Chiefs at minus 10 and a half. I will take the Titans Jaguars. I think this game is going to be a little closer. I'm going to take the the Titans at plus six and a half. Patriots Bills. I mean, this is a first game after Demar Hamlin collapsed on the field. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills at minus seven and a half. I think they will play a spirited game for DH. Cleveland Browns at the Steelers. Steelers still got something to play for. Speaking of Browns. Steelers are trying to keep Mike Tomlin's streak alive of never having a losing season. Steelers have a chance to get back in the playoffs. I think it will be a close game. I'm going to take the Steelers at minus two and a half. Ravens, Bengals. I don't like the nine. Bengals favored at minus nine. I think it's going to be a closer game. I'm going to take the Ravens at plus nine. Vikings at the Bears. What do you make of the Vikings, huh? You like that in Minnesota? Probably not. I love it. I love it. I'm taking the Bears at plus six. I think it will be a closer game. Jets, Dolphins, I will take the Dolphins at minus three and a half. Buccaneers, Falcons, I will take the Buccaneers at plus four. Panthers, Saints, I will take the Saints at minus three. Texans, Colts, I will take the, oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to take the Colts at minus two and a half. Giants, Eagles, 15 and a half is a lot of points. I know you don't know who's going to play or whatever. I'm going to take the Giants, though, at plus 15 and a half. Cowboys Commanders, what are the Commanders playing for? Uh, You can't ask Ron Rivera. He doesn't even know if they were in the playoffs or not, and they're out of the playoffs. I'm going to take the Cowboys at minus 7. Cardinals, Niners, Niners are favored at minus 14. I think that's a lot of points. I'm going to take the Cardinals at plus 14. Rams, Seahawks, I will take the Seahawks at minus 5.5. Chargers, Broncos, Broncos favored at home at minus 3. I'm taking the Chargers at plus 3. And Lions, Packers. Packers are favored at minus five at home. Sorry, Lions. You're over. You're done for. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers miraculously get in the playoffs. And that'll do it for my gut check picks. Packers minus five. Chargers plus three. Seahawks minus five and a half. Cardinals plus 14. Cowboys minus seven. Giants plus 15 and a half. Colts minus two and a half. Saints minus three. Bucks plus four. Dolphins minus three and a half. Bears plus six. Ravens plus nine, Steelers minus two and a half, Bills minus seven and a half, Titans minus plus six and a half, and Chiefs minus ten and a half. And that'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Enjoy your football. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. 
All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. So join the over one hundred fifty thousand others who found a better way to play. And download the Prize Picks app today. 